Welcome to Forward Pressing Episode 4. How's everybody doing today on this beautiful, beautiful Saturday afternoon? Afternoon. Uh, yeah, we got some sad news. R.I.P. The GOAT. I mean, don't say it like that, but Diego Maradona has passed away at the age of 60. Um, man, that's just sad. Like, it's he's a legend. One of the biggest legends. Everybody's mourning. Yeah, it, um, but not as much as Argentina, though. Argentina is, like, sad, sad. I mean, yeah. Um, this is, this is the, the, their god almost, you know? Yeah. He's on that level, god level, for sure. Man, I've been looking at, I've been seeing a lot of, like, Maradona like tributes or like and whatnot. Do you did you see the picture of him against the six Belgian players? Yeah, I saw that. That's the iconic one. Yeah, there's also obviously the hand of God against England. I saw Gary Lineker talk about it, and it was like the tribute was obviously great and whatnot. I think everybody's obviously idealized this man for like years because of what he's done on the pitch and whatnot. And this would this would never happen. Um, but I saw. Did you see what the Andres Villas Boas said? Retiring the number ten or whatnot? Yeah, he said we should retire just a number ten in all of all of FIFA, and like that. I don't think that could be that would happen. Like it's that'd be pretty crazy. But um, yeah, like did, could you imagine if like Michael Jordan passed away and like they just retired number twenty three? I think that would actually happen. No way. Because like LeBron also wears number twenty three, so that'd be interesting. But yeah, like damn, like. I don't know, him and Pele were always, like, growing up, it was always, who's better, Pele or Maradona, Pele or Maradona, and the argument would go back and forth. And I mean, like, in our lifetime, we grew up with a new kind of rivalry coming out where it was Messi and Ronaldo. But the OGs, like, never forget, ahead of their time. That is really, like, the, the loss of an OG. I do want to say, though, I think Zlatan had the best tribute. What did he say? I didn't see. I think he's, he mentioned, there was a tweet that he had talking about how uh, Maradona isn't really a uh, dead, but like because legends never legends never die, really. It's basically, something like that. But I think you, I thought it was, I thought it was very well said, Spam. Yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody can just like appreciate the talent he had. I mean, off the field, it was kind of some different, uh, different situation, but uh, on the pitch, no, almost nobody better in history. Um, on a little bit of a brighter side for the news um the premier league even though england's in kind of a lockdown right now they're starting to let the premier league teams let fans into the stadiums which is kind of like i guess progress under uh, this whole coronavirus pandemic thing i don't know how well it's going to go but they're only letting 2,000 fans in only certain team stadiums not every team i think it's about half and most of the big clubs can't uh, aren't in one of those clubs that can allow uh, fans in the home at the home games I would think that the bigger clubs, because they have the bigger stadiums, it would make more sense for them to be, like, some of the first ones to... Well, 2,000 fans in the stadiums is not a lot of fans for... Like, these stadiums hold, like, 80,000 people, uh, 60 to 80,000 people, 2,000. Like, you're going to be able to have, like, a good amount of distance between them. Um, But I think it just... I think it depends on, like, the severity of the uh, coronavirus in those locations. Because I know, like, in the Manchester area, like, there's no teams that are allowed um in the london area either um so yeah it's probably the the the, the 
smaller populated areas that aren't as affected by the virus are where they're going to be uh, fans allowed in the stadium. I think it's a good start, though. You do have to start on a smaller scale. They've been asking for that for a while now, uh, about bringing fans in. But, yeah, I mean, the fact that you saw was 2,000 and then eventually increase, increase, and increase. So it's a good start. It's a good way to start. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, for sure. We'll see how everything goes. Um, the last news uh, mentioned, a uh, newsworthy thing we wanted to mention was uh, something you saw, actually. You said a possibility of Ericsson to Arsenal? No, I mean, it's just it's just rumors, but obviously Ericsson isn't, Ericsson isn't really playing much at Inter right now, so they're obviously trying to shop him out for, like... The... Do you think he's past his prime, though? Like, do you think he's done? No, I, think, I don't think he's done. I think he still has a lot to give. Um, and honestly, if I was Arsenal, I would consider it. To replace like that, uh, where Ozil's not playing, basically. Well, not only that, but to just add some sort of creativity to the team, because I feel that's that is our number one priority right now, and that's our number one like uh, deficiency is like our lack of cruel lack of creativity. Like Ceballos and Partey aren't like the most creative. First of all, Ceballos is an attack is more of an attacking mid, yes, but he can't do everything himself. And Partey is more of a box to box. He's not the most creative, or that creativity is not. He's more oriented yeah he's not like that's not really his game right and then obviously pepe is pepe he's he's on and off even though like he'll have a bad game one day like a stupid red card like last year gonna have a good game against Mulder in the europa league but he's not consistent enough creatively so i think we could you we could definitely use another creative midfielder absolutely and i think Ericsson could do that i don't care regardless of the the rivalry between us and spurs like it doesn't really matter at this point He's not a Spurs player anymore, so. No, I don't think he's like a Spurs legend that he wouldn't want to go to uh, Arsenal. He was a big Spurs like influence. He had a big influence on the Spurs team, but I wouldn't. Have... No, hundred percent, and he was one of their their key players when they were on the come up. But but yeah, I wouldn't like. I would I wouldn't like dismiss that just because of that rivalry. Like I would still consider it, and I hope Arteta is really. We'll see what you guys end up doing because you guys need to uh, need something to happen. Um, last week we talked about a couple games, the Liverpool Atalanta game. I think that surprised most of us. I mean, Liverpool had a bunch of uh, a bunch of missing players, but like they still managed to beat Leicester three zero, and then a couple days later lose to Atalanta two zero. Um, which were, were you surprised or no? Yes and no. Yes, because obviously they've been on the, on this hot streak of like not losing at home and just like not losing at all. But at the same time, also I think it was just a matter of time before they they like encounter a good team that could actually uh, just have a play a great ninety minutes against them and eventually beat them, which Atlanta did. I think Papu Gomez obviously showed his quality on those two. I think two assists. Uh, yeah, Liverpool Liverpool's back four. I mean, I think Rich Williams was playing there. Obviously, he's still he's still a raw player, and he's not the he's still not the finished product. So you can't really expect the best out of him every time. The fact that he is getting minutes in the Temple League though is pretty it's pretty encouraging. Um, but yeah, no, I think it was more of a they've had chances too. Let's not let's not like kill ourselves. Like they they it was a very it was a challenging game for for both teams. But I feel like eventually Liverpool was going to break. So I'm not that surprised about the result really. Do you think this was like the start of Liverpool kind of getting um, some bad results? Because like we, we we won't go into in depth, but they also just drew against uh, 
against Brighton today, which was a kind of a controversial game with some Salah VAR goals and then Brighton getting that VAR call for a penalty at like the 93rd minute for to get away with a point. Yeah, I feel like this one though is more in the it's more of an issue of VAR again than just like Liverpool being bad. I think it was just Liverpool hasn't been rolling, rolling bad in that game. No, definitely. But then it was one zero the whole game, you know, and like a goal that's offside is offside. Like it's not an actual goal. So. Yeah, but yeah, I mean. They probably should have won that game. I agree with you on that. Um, but I don't know if it's like a it's it's a big enough like a trend with Liverpool. Um, I do think that they might lose their first place though eventually to either Spurs, Chelsea, or Leicester. Because I mean, Spurs and Chelsea are playing tomorrow, so that that could probably have a big factor on them. So obviously, Liverpool is expecting a draw tomorrow. Like Liverpool's playing Wolves next. Like that's not an easy game. And then Fulham and then uh, Spurs. So they have some like tough upcoming games. Um, it's a challenging time. Christmas is Christmas time is always challenging in the Prem. And this year is no different. 100%, especially when you're dealing with injuries and everything. Um, so the next game we wanted to talk about was the... We had the Madrid Inter game, which I think we both got really wrong. Like you predicted an Inter win outright. I predicted a draw. And somehow Madrid, like, really kind of came out there and just took it. But I don't even know if Madrid had their, like, their best team there as well. Like, I don't know if that was, that was like, their... They had... I mean, it was... The first goal was a penalty. And the second goal was an own goal. So, when you look at the stats... And, like, Vidal got a red card. Um, yeah. It was a second yellow. Um, so, it was just kind of... The, the game kind of went just kind of sour pretty quick. Um, because the, the it was a penalty in the seventh minute, so they're already down one zero, and then he literally gets a double double yellow like on the same the same play, um, for a red. Was it he was arguing with the ref, and then the ref just gave him another yellow? Yeah. Yeah. See, those are those are the worst, and then basically the game's ruined after that. I just wanted to talk about the. I don't know. It seems like Hazard might be. We've already seen this. Like we've seen this like many times. But I mean, this might be the time time for Hazard to come back in form, or like the right time for Hazard to come back in. Form. I think. I'm just saying. You think? Has has Hazard even ever been in form in a Madrid jersey? Has that even happened yet? No, I don't think so. Not yet. I, I don't think we've even gotten close to like Chelsea Hazard levels, which is insane. We haven't we haven't seen Chelsea Hazard at Madrid yet. We haven't seen 2017 Hazard since like forever. Since 2017. <laughs> but since 20 well, no, he's been. I mean, 2019, 2018, he was there, but like he wasn't. 2017 was his year. His last season at Chelsea was still not as good as his previous season at Chelsea. Yeah, I know exactly, but. The real reason why I wanted to talk about this game is because I feel like Odegaard is starting to show up, show promising signs of where he would fit in the Madrid team in the long term. He's getting more chances as well, so. Yeah, although he's not playing today, which is kind of odd, but uh, yeah, I feel like as a as a number ten, where where I mean that's where he like excels at, and you could tell, you could see that with Sociedad last year, and you're seeing that with Madrid this year. He's had a bit of a struggle at the beginning, but I really like um I really I mean I really like the player. That's pretty much why I keep focused on Madrid as a as a as a whole. Like I really want to see what what it happens to him there. Because I feel like I'll I i do not know if Zidane is the most uh I guess I don't know if Zidane likes to play with a ten. And he obviously has a great option in the Hodegar. So 
I'm I'm really looking forward to see what happens in the future with him. But yeah, he's it, well, he had a good game against Inter, so promising signs of things to come. Yeah, because he was like uh, labeled as like the next wonder kid, like the next Messi kind of thing when he was coming up. Like I remember seeing on YouTube around like social media was always Odegaard highlights uh, as he was getting signed for Madrid. Um, and then he kind of like fell off a little bit just because like, he didn't really blow up as quick as everybody thought. So now maybe that's when his time is coming. Yeah, I think the good the few loans that he had were useful, especially the last one. But uh, yeah, I mean he he took his time with as he should be as he, as he should. Um, the next game is my favorite game. We're talking about the the United Istanbul game because um, that was great. I just want to put it out there that Yanis uh, over here predicted a Istanbul win again, which was very odd, but I mean, you do you, you were wrong. Are you, uh, are you very disappointed? Not really. It is what it is. I didn't care either way. What are, you, what are your thoughts on Bruno, man? Because that first goal, screamer. The second goal, great positioning there for the, there for the finish. And then has a chance to get the hat trick, but decides to give the penalty to, to Rashford to boost his confidence. Um, I mean, he was on the hat trick. He could have had a Champions League hat trick with a screamer as a first goal. Well, okay, regarding that bullet, that, that first goal, that bullet, that was beautiful. No, I'm not even going to lie. On the volley. On the volley. On the volley. The technique, the technique on that was splendid. That was a great technique. But like, I mean, as a as a whole, I like Bruno, and I'm not even gonna lie. Like, I talked about creativity earlier for Arsenal. Like, I would love to have Bruno in the national team right now. You need it. We need creativity, and I feel like Bruno is exactly what that 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 with Manu, even though he's getting labeled as like penal of a penalty kind of goal scorer. Or... He's setting up every goal that he's not scoring, and he's scoring goals besides penalties. At the same time, too, like I. It feels like Manuels are becoming a bit too dependent on Bruno. Like, if Bruno doesn't play, you guys don't play well, you don't win. So, I hope it doesn't come to that point, but... I mean, he plays every game, right? It's just that, like, our team runs through him, for sure, 100%. Exactly, but I guess my question would be, what happens if he gets injured, which is high... It could happen. I mean, you can say that about any team, right? If you lose your best player, then your team takes a hit. It's That's normally how it works. Like, usually teams run through their best player because he is the best player, right? Mm, yes and no. I feel like some teams would, if you, even if they lose their best player, you could argue that they would still manage to get wins. Like if Kane, if, when Spurs lost Kane, Son came up, Lucas Moura came up, and Melamela was playing well. Even De La Ali had his moments. So you could say, even, and, uh, even for like City, De Bruyne came down, Mahrez was there, Sterling was there. If you guys lost Aubameyang, what would happen? Oh, we're screwed. Yeah, if if like Chelsea lost Hazard back in the day, like. Oh, but no. If if they lost Hazard, they had William. Now we have William, but William isn't what he used to be. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely not. But yeah, I mean, definitely you've got to talk about like the depth there. But um, I think we would still be okay. It would definitely be harder and different though. Um, we need Rashford and Martial to get back in form a little bit. Um, they've been kind of uh, slowing down a little bit. And Greenwood used to be like a super sub, but he was going in through going through some like uh, injuries, not injuries, like international drama kind of thing. Like, um, oh, him and him and Foden, 
him and Foden, and ever since then, it's like he's kind of been like sometimes he wasn't even on the bench for United, and I don't know if the, the coach was punishing him or whatnot, but yeah, hundred percent. It was kind of like I guess things was like a disciplinary thing, um, which was kind of stupid to me, anyways. But um, it definitely affected him more than Foden. That's for sure. Yeah, I know, but like, don't bench him at United. You know, like he he he's been a positive influence in every game he's come on usually, and then he ended up getting the the assist for the fourth goal. But overall, I think we had a solid game. Like, we started off strong. Getting that first goal really early kind of helped, I think, the confidence kind of, like, to settle into the game. Because um, I'm sure there was a little bit of nerves. But overall, like, clean results. I'm still really disappointed that we lost that first game against Istanbul because we would be 4-0 in the Champions League right now. Um, but we have that loss against them. But having a win against uh, Leipzig and PSG already under our belt is, is a good feeling. And maybe Leipzig... Uh, they might even they can they have a chance to like not even make it to the Europa League. Like they could theoretically finish in last place. I mean, you guys finishing first or second? I think we're finishing first. What do you think? I think you guys are finishing second. Really, the PSG? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. You qualify either way, but I mean, you'll probably have an easier. I know, but you don't. You don't want to play Bayern Munich, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely not. Or or Man City. I mean, you they they make it so that you can't play somebody from the same league, right? Um, Barca's four and zero in the champ in the Champions League right now too, um, which is kind of surprising. But we have the we have the goal difference uh, down for sure. Um, like we're we're we have we're positive eight and PSG's positive one right now, so. Um, and we got to play PSG and Leipzig next. So as long as we, if we draw one of those games, and if we win at least one of those games, we're 100% finishing first. So um, we'll see how that goes. I think we can win both games. So um, I'm confident in our Champions League group stage uh, results anyways. Um, talk about the uh, MLS uh, playoffs. Yeah, uh, your team, Philly, didn't show up. I mean, they were barely my team. Yeah, Billy. I don't. Yeah, I don't even know where you picked them. To be honest with you, I know why I would have picked them and why I did, and then they ended up disappointing me against uh, New England. Yeah, New England had a better game plan. I think uh, physically, mentally, Philly was like very disturbed. Dis- uh, I mean, discouraged after their first the first two goals, which pretty much killed the game. And they all they all they were doing was do it was a uh, playing catch up until that. I think obviously Bruce Arena with that experience that he has with obviously being in MLS for so many years, uh, it played a part into New England's uh, tactical plan and uh, the win in the end. Uh, Toronto though, Toronto, the best Canadian team in the league, took an L against Nashville. Uh, a deserved L, to be honest. I think Nashville was the most probably one of the most informed teams in MLS at the moment, so it didn't really surprise me. The loss didn't really surprise me, but it was still kind of. I guess disappointing from a Toronto FC 10% point of like being one of the best teams in the league. Um, LAFC got beat by Seattle. No surprise there. They weren't really, they wasn't, it wasn't their best, their A team there. I mean, COVID. The, you want to talk about a team that's been affected by COVID? LAFC, uh, absolutely. Uh, and then uh, Dallas beat Portland, which was kind of sort of surprising um, because of the, I, Thought like Portland in experience in the in the in the playoffs and whatnot, and then Dallas has the youth, which I think came through in the end. 
like a last minute goal from like, I think it was Ricardo Pepe. He was like 17, which is a good sight to see. I think Dallas has the best, still has the best MLS uh, youth system in terms of bringing their players into their pro game. But uh, yeah, I mean, next week, tomorrow we got Orlando, New England, Columbus, Nashville, Seattle, Dallas, and Sporting KC, Minnesota. I forgot to put that in the predictions, but if you want to talk about it now or later, we can talk about it so we can like move on. Who do you think, who do you think comes out? Uh, I got, I do feel like New England might have to, might be able to do it against Orlando. I got Columbus over Nashville and I have Dallas over Seattle and Sporting KC over Minnesota. Interesting. But who, who do you have taking it all? If you had to put uh, your bet on uh, how teams are playing right now and how informed they are. Right now, I said, earlier I said like Columbus, I think I said Columbus and Philly from the East and then, Nat- and then Seattle and Portland from the West. But like half of those teams are out. So I'm going to go for Columbus to win it all. Really? Yeah. Dang. All right. All right. Well, uh, we'll keep that in mind. Darlington not be best player in MLS in the last 10 years. Ooh, okay. That's a bold claim. That's my guy, bro. That's, I've been looking at this man since he got drafted for, at, at Portland, bro. He's a beast. And, like, it's this shock that he hasn't been – well, it's not a shock because I, I know I understand why, but the fact that he hasn't been playing in Europe is kind of a disappointment for me, but it is what it is. Maybe soon? No, he's – no, it's not happening. Alrighty then. Um, okay, moving on to our predictions for the week. We got some uh, interesting games to talk about. A lot of Premier League. Um, Arsenal Wolves. How do you think this one plays out? How do you think your your gunners? I think you asked me that like a few weeks ago when I said an Arsenal win. Uh, I'm gonna remain with that pick. I believe we win. Uh, so we somehow. How do you think the game goes? I feel like we're gonna play on the counter and we'll have a lucky break or something because uh, well, I mean Wolves. Well, we'll have the most of the ball. But I mean, Wolves is gonna work on the counter, and uh, it might like we might have, be able to uh, get a corner, maybe a free. We're not really good on set pieces, let's be honest. But if we can get a quick break off an Obama Young run or whatnot, I'm always gonna play in the ball because once again we have no creativity. But uh, maybe an individual individual moment from Pepe again, which could could helpful, and maybe another moment from one of our youth as well, like Woolock and Katia. We got Balgun that just came up now. So we got we got some players that, we got some uh, upcoming players Smith Rowe as well which I think is very prom- he's very promising. Uh, Reese Nelson is getting some minutes some good minutes. So I feel like we can get a result. And it, it might be like an individual moment or just like a, a on a counter attack. But I feel like we're getting a result. But you predicted two zero. So you think that defense is going to be able to hold up that uh, Wolves attack? Jimenez and Troy, um, I'm, that's the worry for me. I feel like Gabriel can handle like. Can handle it, but I mean, as a back four, though, I mean, he's he tends to make mistakes too. And like, if he gets an early yellow, then he's gonna be playing on a kind of on the back four. Yeah, I I don't. You're right about that, but I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm feeling confident for this one. I I do have my worries, but obviously the the like you said, the attack from Wolves is kind of serious. It's a serious attack, so you can't never count them out. Especially Hamilton and Trevor, but yeah, I mean, I predicted a two-one win for Arsenal because I thought Wolves got to get a goal, and I don't know. I feel like Arsenal can kind of like, get, like steal one there because I think Wolves is the better team overall, but they also haven't been too convincing this season. Yeah, overall they are the better team. I like Pedro Neto as well. I, I have a friend of mine is like very high on him, but uh, I like him as well. He's pretty, he's pretty interesting. I wonder if he has a part in playing this game as well. Okay, 
Next game we got the this is the this is the big juggernaut one I think for the week. Uh, Chelsea Chelsea Spurs. Uh, that's that's the game of the week. Uh, two big team informed. Yeah. I thought I thought both these teams would slow down. I thought Chelsea would slow down a little less, but Spurs have been impressing me to be honest. I was wrong about them. Yeah. Um, I honestly feel like they're gonna. It's gonna be. A, it's like a clash of titans, really, because it's the best, the two best, two of the three best teams in the league. I'm gonna call a draw. I'm gonna say two two, just for the sake of it. I want to see a good draw, like a. Yeah, I want to see a good draw. Yeah. I think this is the type of game that would end in a draw. Um. I'm calling 2-1 for Spurs. I just think they have – they kind of have more magic in their team. Um, when Son, Son is on form, like, anything can happen. Um, I think he just pulls one out. I think he gets a – I think he gets a goal, and they're able to just hold on. Like, a Mourinho team is always able to usually hold on to a lead. Yeah, true. A Mourinho team, in terms of game management, Mourinho is one of the best, like, ever. Yeah. To hold on to a lead especially, yeah. In terms of game, man. To hold on to a lead, yeah. I do feel like Son is going to score. I'm going to say Garrett Bale. I want to say Garrett Bale might get a goal, the second goal. Ooh, okay. So you think uh, Son and Garrett Bale? Yeah, and then for Chelsea, uh, I'm going to say Werner and Pulisic from two assists from two assists from Havertz. A lot of uh, Chelsea fans have been kind of disappointed with with uh, Werner. Has he's not scoring like crazy amounts of goals, but I think his time's coming. Like I think it's he's about to blow up. He's he's been sc- he's been scoring, but he's been missing a lot of. Ch- he started off a little slow. He started off a little slow. He has, but he's been he's been scoring a lot, but he misses a lot of chances too, which is like bad. It's like oh, you had two, but you could have had four. Yeah. That's the annoying part because that's what people are going to remember. Yeah. Um, next, we got the Man United Southampton game. And obviously, I know who you're picking for a win. Come on, you Saints. <laughs> is this a team that you actually think is going to win or just because you hope they win? No, no, that is, I think they're winning. Yeah. I like him. Yeah. All right. I'm predicting a 2 1 uh, United win. I think uh, we haven't been too impressive lately. Um, so I think it's going to be a hard-fought battle, but I think we kind of, I think we get an early, I think we get, uh, we go up 2-0, and then Spurs uh, mid-second half get a goal. I think we're just going to be playing defense till the end of the game, but we're able to hold on. That's how I think it's going to go down. I want to see a free kick from James Ward-Prowse. He think, I think he's scoring a, yeah, I think James Ward-Prowse has a, has a part to play in this game. And also Nathan Redmond, like this man has been there forever. Forever, bruh. <laughs> he's been there he's been there yeah he's been there he hasn't I, I thought he was going to move eventually because he had I think he has the potential to be to, to be at a bigger club although uh, he also the, his stats kind of shows the opposite but yeah I mean he's still he's still there like he's probably their best player still at that, to that, at that point so we'll see what happens to him who do you think gets the first goal uh Saints Southampton does I know I said like United go up 2-0, but I could easily see United conceding in the first 10 minutes. That's our thing. That's our thing. I don't know why it always happens. We always end up conceding in the first 10 minutes. We got to give credit to the coach as well um, from uh, South, this, from Saints. I don't know. Uh, from Southampton. I can't remember his name. Former Leipzig coach. Uh, from the co- for the comeback that he did. Because going from like uh, the last place, of the, the last team, Hassan Hotel. Hassan Hotel. 
Ralph Hustle Hunter. From going from a last to like one of the top teams in the league right now, it's a big comeback. So credit credit to him. Yep. And the last game we have to talk about Napoli Roma. I think we both kind of see this one going the same way a little bit. Yeah, Napoli. I think they have to. Not just from a Maradona standpoint, but like for them as well in the league. Did you see they renamed the stadium? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was long overdue, to be honest. Yeah, I think this just was like the cherry on top to like finally do it. Yeah, I think a lot of people were like, "Oh, you should have done that when he was alive." Yeah, that would be nice to see them. Him, I just say, I just same with his name on it. It would be crazy. And to finish off uh, this week's episode, the random topic of the week, uh, you got your man Troops from uh, Arsenal Fan TV making moves. I mean, I was surprised when I heard the rumor that he was going to Barcelona. That it was a, I thought it was like a joke, but it's legit. The man is actually in Barcelona, working for Barcelona, has a podcast on Barcelona, which is surprising to me. But at the same time, I've been listening. I honestly, I've seen all. Of, I've only seen clips. I haven't listened to a full episode, but I mean. From for him to go from him to go from where he was like a guy at Arsenal fan TV to now becoming a to getting the bag and living in New York, like credit to him, bro. Everything is everything is possible. Credit to him. The man grinding and stuff. So I'm happy for him. I'm probably I'm gonna try to listen. And I also feel like from a Barcelona standpoint too, I feel like he physically he fits the the character of the, the company. Mold that they have there. Yeah, he's a bit on the edge of like. He's a bit kind of not out of character, but he, he's like his own man, really. And, uh, yeah. So, I think he was on FIFA Street as well in the past, which is crazy. I haven't played FIFA Street in, like, years. They haven't made a nice, proper FIFA Street in forever. That would, that would, they should make FIFA Street, like, part of, like, the new FIFAs when they come out. That'd be insane. Oh, it would be so good. But we also got the Mike Tyson and the Roy Jones fight the... Uh, this evening, actually, they were we were recording this on Saturday. So Saturday night, we got this fight going on. Um, like we were too young to witness uh, Mike Tyson fight in real life, uh, like live. So this is gonna be pretty crazy. I mean, he's a legend, right? So you got him taking it. You got it, right? You gotta. Yeah, knockout, bro. The man is fifty-three years old, bro. I mean, you see clips of him like hitting the bag and. Just, he's insane. He's deadly. I would not survive a minute in a ring with Mike Tyson. I mean, listen, he doesn't look like he looked like uh, 30 years ago, but I mean, man, still got the deadly in his eye. Like you, you do not want to, you do not want to take that fight. <laughs> Why would you even do it? Yeah. Oh, by the way, also, I think the same today. Isn't that isn't uh, Jake Paul and Nate Robinson fighting today as well? Yeah, they're on the undercard. Yeah. Yeah, Robinson's winning that. I don't. I don't know in terms of like athleticism how Jake is as opposed to like a former basketball player, even though he's like taller than him. But yeah, I don't know. But yeah, Robinson. I think. Yeah, I think he wins Robinson overall. But I don't think it'll be a knockout. But he wins. Yeah, I hope so. I'm not a big Jake Paul fan, but I don't know about you. I mean, Jake thinks he was, like, born to be a fighter now. I don't know. He, man's, man's an entertainer, so who knows what he's thinking. I, ho- I think it'll be a knockout. We'll see. All right. I think that wraps it up for this uh, episode. Any last words? Anything you want to say? Deuces. <laughs> Peace, everybody.